he's live. It's recorded. <laughs> we're, we're hot, right? <laughs> All right. What's going on, guys? Dr. Matt here, host of the Roadie Strength Podcast. Uh, we are starting a very special series, the Punching Up Series, a podcast series dedicated to healthy families and strong communities around Providence. I got my uh, co-host sitting right next to me, Josh Sellers. What's going on, man? What's happening, man? And we got first two guests for this series. We have Enrique Sanchez. What's going on? How you doing? How you doing? Thanks and, for having us. And brother Miguel Sanchez. How's it going, Matt? Thanks for having going us. On. So just to give you guys quick intros, then we'll get right into some of the rapid fire questions here. Oh, and I should mention, we're at Gloves Up, Guns Down in Rhode Island, off of uh, Silver, Silver Lake. Silver Lake Ave. Silver Lake Ave, yeah. So shout out Lamont. Um, shout out Valencia Collections, yep. which you're rocking right now. Yep, got the... Sweatshirt on, so. and uh, and shout out West End Boxing Club. Appreciate that. No, this this place is beautiful. Right when I walked in, I'm like, oh, there's something special happening here. So no, Lamont's a good dude. He's been doing this for a few years. Um, gloves up, guns down. It's a program uh, dedicated to the youth, trying to get everybody off the streets and uh, provide them a safe environment where they can come in here. They can learn the foundations of boxing, and um, it's a great place. Uh, and we, you know, just looking to keep it moving and uh, make some noise, get some support, and um, yeah, just keep pushing. Love it. All right, so just to give a quick, brief intro, and we'll get much more into you guys' bios in a second. So, Enrique, you are in the Rhode Island House of Representatives in District 9, which is... Yeah, uh, which includes the communities of the Upper South Side, the West End, um, Oneyville, Silver Lake, and Hartford Park. Uh, now... I, not every uh, entire community, but it does reach each and every single of those communities. Awesome. Yep. Really cool. And then Miguel, you are Providence City Councilor of Ward 6. Yep. So Ward 6 is um, made up of mostly uh, Mount Pleasant uh, neighborhood, a little bit of Oneyville, um, and a little bit a little bit of the valley parts of the city. Cool. Love it. All right. And so we'll get right into some of our rapid fire questions here. So just to start us off, I know I'm drinking the Dunkin' here because I was a little low on time. I usually go to LaSalle before a podcast like this, but uh, start off with your favorite coffee shop. So, Miguel, we can start with you. Oh, I feel like we got to give it up to um, Watt Electric, the, the co-op over in the West End. That place is awesome. Right near CFP. Right. <laughs> CFP is CrossFit Providence. <laughs> uh, how about you, Enrique? Uh, I've, I love... Uh, supporting all local small businesses so yeah white electric is good seven stars on mm. broadway um oh they're awesome uh there's also one uh that opened up uh, recently it's on it's in cranston though it's okay. called cafe it's a latin owned cafe cool. um a couple own it and it's called cafe ava i believe cafe, cafe ava. ava yeah which is yeah very cool environment very uh good food good breakfast sandwiches well uh donuts everything coffee and it's pretty cool. What's what's the go to order? Uh, I'd say just the regular uh, uh, American coffee, um, oh. and I mean it's kind of it's American coffee and the land owned uh, <laughs> uh, business, right? But no, it's it's good. It's a cool. good good place and sandwiches. Uh, a lot of uh, Hispanic foods there too. Nice. All right, we gotta check it out. Awesome. What what do you got? What's your uh, favorite? I, same as last time. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with White Electric and nice. uh, Nitro. I like Nitro. Oh, I like Broadway. Nitro. Nice. I, I shouted out LaSalle. That's, that's going to be my answer for that one. <laughs> um, next one, we got favorite go-to breakfast. So it's the same answer. That's fine. But favorite, favorite go-to breakfast spot. And if you like making your breakfast at home better, tell me what you make. Is that me, you, Miguel? 
Yeah, no, I'll probably go with um, either like Mi Guatemala or Mi Establo. They're both um, Guatemalan uh, joints in, in my neighborhood. Um, I really cool. do enjoy the, the Guatemalan breakfast. Um, it's usually just uh, beans, uh, some cheese, um, either some meat, um, sour cream, just, just the basics. But that, that sometimes it is all you need. Sweet. To start the day. Love that. Uh, I want to have to give a shout out to the West Side Diner. Uh, great, oh, yeah. Great spot for breakfast. Um, also, Mi Ranchito in Oneville Square, Guatemalan owned restaurant. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, they sell uh, at the West Side uh, Diner. They have, you know, regular coffee, they have sandwiches, eggs, scrambled eggs, uh, sunny side uh, home fries, all of that, all the local uh, breakfast oh, is all you need. Yeah. That's is cool. that right on uh, Broadway? No, it's on Westminster Street. Oh, Westminster. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, that's that's right over by the park. The park, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say, give me a pineapple and a mango and, <laughs> and a coffee from White Electric on the intro. And you're and good I'm to good. go. I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> All right, perfect. All right, so we've got a couple more rapid fire for you guys. So next one is favorite podcast or, or maybe favorite shows or audio book series. So maybe something that, could be related to what you're doing with politics. Could be something related to just hobbies or something you just enjoy. Something that you've been listening to recently that you that you like. And if you don't say this one, you go to Spar Lamont on. Definitely the the Strength Sports uh, podcast. Let's go. Week. Oh, let's go. Uh, no, but um, so something I, I've always um. Sometimes I, I don't truly enjoy it, but it's super important in, in terms of the work that we do. Um, I'm always catching up on uh, talk radio. Mm. Uh, so like the like Dan York, the Gene Valsantes, the Tara Granahams, um, just to have a, a strong um idea of, of what people are, are calling into these shows about and, and voicing their concerns. So I would say the politics are, are definitely a lot different than mine at times, um, but it's, it's, it's good to have an idea of, of what's going on in the city um, in, in the lens of these uh, folks that, that are calling in. Um, so I'm always catching up. Um, they always have different guests on and, and having some really informational, uh, informative conversations on, on local current events. So that's something that I always do. Um, for something like completely besides politics, some community related, um, I, I, I've always been a big fan of Crime Junkie. That, that might be uh, a pretty uh, nice. standard podcast these days, um, but it's something that kind of just lets your mind go somewhere else and, and not really have to take on what, what's going on right there and then. Is that is they have local episodes on that Crime Junkie? No, it's it's a national, national podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah so because cool. there was another one for a while, Crime Town. You listen oh, yeah, to that one? Yeah, no, I've they had that story time. about Providence like back in the day, like Buddy Cianci yeah, and all no, that, that stuff. That, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so, I mean, if, when people want to learn about Providence, um, the historical context, I yeah. always tell them to listen to that. Or yeah. um, there's a book uh, called Prince of Providence. Oh, um, cool. By Mike Stan. He used to be a pro Joe reporter. Oh, yeah. That are super um, informative um, too, in terms of what, what, what figures that played a big role in in making our city the way it is now gotcha i'll look into that i'm really interested in that stuff so that's cool nice what, what do you got enrique um i listen to the public radio nice. quite a bit um they do a good job there of informing some folks uh, around different issues topics happening in the city and across the state uh different policies being passed at the state house within city government as well in providence um i've 
honestly, I'll keep it real with you guys. I have not gotten into much into the podcast scene. <laughs> and I think I need to start picking it up more with that. So um, this is your favorite is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, it's already the top. It's already top of the top. For sure. Top three. Um, top no, three. but I, I think, uh, you know, paying attention to like uh, local uh, politics and local mm. news is important. Yeah, there's, you know, you have WPRI, ABC, ABC6, you have uh, NBC, all that. But I... Um, I do get a lot of information from, uh, um, uh, I want to give a shout out to Uprise, Steve Alquist. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him or not. Yep. You know, he's he's a local uh, independent, uh, independent journalist, journalist yeah. reporter uh, that does a lot of important research on a lot of key issues happening across the city, across the state. He basically calls out like the bad stuff, you know, the, like yep. the corruption, all the all the projects happening that he's a local guy too he's yeah, right, yeah. Steve wow. Alquist, yeah. Cool. He, lives, he lives on the on the east side of providence but he's, he's always out and about across the state so i want to give him a shout out uh but um i do want to take the time to also mention uh we have to do a better job of informing the public uh around like what's happening at the state house what's happening in city government uh this, the state house has a uh, a channel called the capital tv where people have the ability to see what's happening in the session during session within the, within the house and within the senate but um we need to do a lot more of putting like what committees are being heard, what time the session is, why, what, what's happening with like the laws that are being out there, like being presented or being passed to the general public in Rhode Island so that people can just go on their phone and see like on Facebook, oh, this committee, these committees are being heard today. This session is happening today. And it's important to pay attention to the session because stuff with abortion, stuff with gun rights, stuff with like uh, different uh, topics, uh, economic development, economic issues are being uh, heard in the, in the house. And, th and that's what I'm, I want to see us strive for more. Yeah. So I've been talking to other elected officials, other community members, stakeholders about what can we do to make sure that that information is being out there. And it's not just through corporate media that we're seeing this. Yeah, because there's a lot of probably information that's out there that's really important that's just going over a lot of people's heads or, they, or they're exactly. not even seeing it at all. Exactly. Absolutely. That's cool. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I think that's why that was the whole premise behind this was because we're trying to bring awareness to people who are trying to, you know, make the community safer, stronger, healthier. And so, you know, that's what this whole thing is, you know, put together for. So, yeah. you know, maybe we can add to that. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Brick by brick, every little thing helps. That's it, man. <laughs> exactly. Punch uh, by punch. <laughs> punch by punch. <laughs> I like that. Uh, what do you, What are you listening to right now? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I've got like 14 like audible books like, <laughs> nice. and they're all like 20 minutes into it. Like wherever I'm driving, <laughs> I'm listening to that one. And then I'm like, all right, that's a good one. And then I just never circle back around. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this one. I'm gonna say yours. There we go. Your podcast. I love it. That's the thing about like podcasts is like you really have to be paying attention to them. There's yeah. Like music sometimes where you could just like put right. it on and and have background noises. Like there's a lot of podcasts that you really have to be focused in, concentrated. Um, yeah, totally. Good stuff coming out of them. Yeah, I I like it because. It's just in general, not to get too off track, but there's a lot of really short form media right now. Like with TikTok, there's like 20 second videos, but that kind of has created a space for some of this long form media too. So like the hour long conversations, you can almost feel like you're a part of that. Like when you're driving, maybe you're doing like stuff around the house, put the headphones in and kind of listen to it. So um, yeah, I think it's, I mean, obviously it's really exploded over the past few years, but I think for a good reason, people can really dive into it and like be a part of the conversation more than they could before. Absolutely. Which is cool, you know? Absolutely. Um, 
All right, so we got one more question, and then we'll get into some of the, uh, your guys' background. So any recent traveling, been anywhere cool recently, or have any, any trips coming up? Um, I went to Boston recently right. to, to watch my better half uh, run the Boston Marathon. That was um, that's right, that yeah, was a really cool trip. Um, like I told her, I, I, you watch like you watch it, and like the like the last, like right after, you're like, dang, like I, I kind of want to trade, but then that, that kind of that, <laughs> the excitement kind of dies down a little bit. Um, but no, I mean, you you get chills um, watching these people from literally all over the world. Um, I saw so many people from Mexico, from Asia, from Europe. Um, running and, and competing and, and doing this milestone. Um, so, I mean, that's something that like my, my girlfriend, Margaret, has been doing for almost like two years now and is going to continue doing in, in the future. Um, so I'm excited to um, join her on, on wherever these journeys take her. She's already talking about doing like the Tokyo or no way. London at some point. Um, so that's cool. That's something awesome. I'll be that's really cool. To, to join. That's huge. <laughs> you signed up? You yeah. Sign up? <laughs> That's huge. I can't even run a mile without like, no, I, I, can, I can, I have, I'm working on my, on my like, uh, conditions to like run and all that. You know? nice. So I haven't been like a big, uh, uh, person with like, when it comes to like, uh, doing cardio and all that. Well, I do, I do cardio, but <laughs> yeah. I don't do, I don't do lifting and I sure. have to start working on that. I've done that over the years growing up in high school and sports and all that, but I got to get back to that. Nice. Um, but anyways, no, I mean, for me, uh, I've done a lot of traveling, uh, for me, uh, growing up, I've been to different countries in Europe. I've been to Mexico quite a bit, a lot visiting different states um i've been to guatemala been to florida i've been to a lot of the states uh, i've been to the west coast um so i've done my traveling um but i'd like to get back to it um maybe uh if i take a break from politics or something down the road Uh, but i don't see i don't see me taking a break anytime (laughs) soon stuff but i do want to try i do want to get a trip in the summer go somewhere just go by myself or take someone i don't know i i haven't planned anything i've been so busy yeah as legislators <laughs> there's a lot that i have to like do and taking care of totally for sure man. you're staying pretty local for now yeah very, <laughs> very local cool anywhere you going or, or anywhere you've been recently no, I, no. I, i've been here yeah even throwing hands here um all right so let's we'll get into the meat potatoes of the podcast next um Actually, before we do that, we're going to take a quick break, just do a sound check, and then uh, we'll get right into it. All right, and we are back. Chris said we sounded good, so <laughs> we're back at it. So um, getting into the origin story and kind of what got you guys into politics, and I, and I did a little bit of research on this beforehand, so I know kind of how, um, how uh, you guys got into this, but I want to kind of let you guys tell the story. So um, I guess we can kind of open up the floor to both of you kind of how, how this political journey started um, and kind of where you're at now, and then we'll kind of get into the future, like what, what the plans are, what the goals are. I'd like to assume that my brother got into <laughs> politics because he started seeing everything that I was doing and started, <laughs> he just looked up to me and just was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to do this too. It's like, all right. No, but I'm going to stop him right there because <laughs> – No, but if you, you want to go ahead and answer, you want to start. I actually, you know what? He actually was thinking about running for office first before I ended. Oh, okay. So That's what I was about to say. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I've always, I've always thought about politics. I've always thought about like these – like, but I just, I just was like – I don't want to sell myself out, you know, sure. and yeah. like have to become a uh, an elected official and deal with all these politicians and deal with like all these special interests and just like going against my morals and my values, which I have, which I right now, like I'm working on making sure that there's a, a strict like 
mind of me not uh, like doing things that I that are against my morals, my values. Yeah, that's great. The bullshit, man. Yeah. Dealing with the, a lot of like drama, dealing with a lot of like politics, and just dealing with a lot of back and forth people that just don't want to see people's lives improve. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I want to I want to add to that because you know. Um, there's been politicians that have come here in the gym and they've come for a photo op, you know, pizza and sodas with the kids and then they're gone. And, you know, they come for the photo op. But I'll say I've seen both of you guys. You're two of the only dudes I've seen. I'm not going to say only dudes, but you're two of the dudes that I know personally that are in the street when it's cold. You are in the street when it's dark outside. You are out there hustling and making noise for the community. So I respect the hell out of that. You know what I mean? Yes, so, appreciate it. Yeah, no, so, I mean, just like how, how we got into politics, what, what I always say is, like, we just are, are active members of our community. Um, me and my brother were, were born, uh, born here in Providence, um, but our, our mom divorced our dad um, on, in the early 2000s. Um, so most of our childhood, we spent uh, going back and forth between here in Providence and Iowa. So that's something I always tell people right off the bat, because um, that experience some um, growing up in a, in a rural community at the same time um being here um different years um being here on holiday breaks and whatnot here in the urban core um really gave us a, a strong perspective on the reality of, of different worlds um, yeah. even though we were nothing really changed like for us like physically just our environments changed whether we we're in iowa or, or here in, in providence um so so that really kind of just set the tone for the trajectory of our lives um but we both moved back here and proud to providence um i think my brother was like in 2015 and i was in 2016 2017 um so we just started getting involved in, in local um organizations and um, we're both part of a, a neighborhood association in, in oneville um we helped start a, a political action committee with one of our friends as well um and and then uh for me the the what well, the main reason i got into politics why i decided to actually uh run uh for a, a elected official position um was just the opportunity that i had at, at the providence some um, city council level um my current counselor was term limited and uh so alongside him there were six other counselors out of the 15 um that were term limited so i was going in there with seven new people um so so that opportunity alone um was um one that i couldn't pass up uh to go in there um with, with six seven other new people um that all are, are pretty similar in terms of principles and values um because it's just a complete dynamic change we have a whole new council leadership um we have a, a new agenda um and that's kind of what where we're at right now cool getting involved that's awesome so when you say there's, there was a there was a big shift, like what what was the uh, I guess what was the values that that were before versus what are you guys um, bring now? Like what what was the big difference? Yeah, so so politics is all about power. P yeah. People don't want to be honest. Sometimes they 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 think it's a little bit more than that. But holding a, a political office is, is really about power. Is if if you have power on one side, you're gonna get things done. And, and if you're on the opposition side, then you play an oppositional role, which is important at, at times. 
Um, but the reason I wanted to get involved is like, I, I want to make immediate changes. I, I want to do the work that needs to be done. Um, but in terms of the folks that, that were term limited, um, a lot of them are good community members. Um, they were in office 15, 20 years at wow. that point. And once you're in office for that long in the same exact position, um, for the lack of better words, you either get jaded or you're just not as ambitious to change the system that you've been a part of. So totally. I'm going in there with four or five other people who, I mean, we really don't care about our political careers. Like we want to get things done now. Yeah. Um, so we're already starting to, to make immediate changes um, on different zoning, different housing policies. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. So, I mean, something that we just did right now, we're starting to do um, that. And, and for some people is considered radical is um, just banning self storage facilities in, in the city. We already have 15, 17 of them. Um, and even though the current land is zoned for that type of use, um, it really doesn't do anything for the community. It just takes up space. It doesn't create jobs. Um, it's taking up land that should be used uh, for more uh, useful purposes for sure. the local community, um, such as low-income housing, yeah. for example. Yeah, yeah, versus storage for stuff. Right. <laughs> That's, that we we have an op-ed in, in the Boston Globe. Um, it's called "House um, House People, Not Things." So <laughs> yeah. you guys should take a look. I at mean, it. who could argue against that? Right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> so even though something so small and like yeah. banning one type of development, like we already getting a lot of pushback by like the industry and some of like the the city administration folks aren't like super on board. Um, but it's just having those conversations, um, being a little bit more innovative on how we're creating policies um, that benefit our communities. That's really cool. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah it, it is about power, but uh, we're trying to change that. Um, there's a lot of old guard politics and in, in not just Providence, but across Rhode Island. Uh, there's no term limits for state reps and for state senators. And that's a problem because um, the Senate president, you know, is, you know, he's been there for 40 years. Oh my God. 40 years. 40 years. <laughs> 40 years. Uh, I'm, and I'll say his name. His name is Dominic Ruggiero. Hmm. He represents North Providence. Um, uh, there's my predecessor was there for 30 years. You know, she was there since 1992 and just, just like, what is wrong? Like what, like, what is like, dude, like, come on. Like, and then this reps who've been there for 10, 15, okay, maybe like a max at like eight or 10 is like sufficient, but like people have been there for 15, 20, 30, 40 years. And it's just like, come on, let's give other people opportunities, you know? Yeah. And, and there's just that thirst for power uh, to, to be a, uh, an elected official. Um, I approach my work trying to be as humble as I can uh, because I have to deal with a lot of um, uh, pushback from all across the aisle. Um, I deal with the racism from the older white Italian Portuguese people, yeah. right? But I also deal with like the like the hating or like the jealousy or whatever from other Latino or Black community members, you know. So hmm. before before I started dealing with all of that, you know, I told myself, all right, I have to deal with all types of people, you know. Like how are they gonna how are they gonna assume what kind of person I'm gonna be as an elected official? So I got to be as just humble as I can, be responsive respond to everyone, talk to everyone, listen more than anything, uh, and just be there as a resource. Don't look at me as a politician. Don't look at me as an elected official. Don't call me. I tell people, don't call me state rep. It's fine. Call me Enrique. And just look at me as a resource. Look at me as like a support. Um, 
where can I help you? Where can I connect you with? Who can I connect you with? Who can I, uh, you know, uh, lean you in the right direction? And that's how I'm approaching my work. Just being that resource and support, not being that, oh, there comes Enrique in his suits, there comes that politician, <laughs> another politician. Like, no, 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 don't look at me like that. I don't consider myself like an elitist. I don't consider myself like a typical politician. Uh, and I just, we just, and that's the kind of politics that we need to break in order for the, the general public to see that they can get along with their elected officials, to see that they can get along, that they can have conversations uh, to their with their reps, with their senators, with their council members, with their, you know, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and that's how I've been trying to approach that work. You know, I, I got into this to actually make a difference, okay? That's As cool. state reps and senators, and I'm going to try to see if I can... We're, I need we this goes this needs to be more public for the for the people to see state reps and senators aren't making a lot of money. We're making between fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a year because we're part time as legislators. The governor, the mayor, the treasurer, the whatever they all make that's more money you know in these positions. But I think the general public assumes that a state rep and senator is already making a lot of money, or that that representative or that senator or that council person is is rich or wealthy and that's not the case we're trying to get working class people of all diverse backgrounds of all you know it doesn't matter what ethnicity what, what color skin you are whatever like you whatever god you preach to whatever but just making sure that you're helping people making sure that you're part of the working class making sure that everyday working people are um are benefiting from the policies and initiatives that you want to um introduce or that you want to get passed because like there's no denying most communities can come together when when there's when it comes to like economic policy you know everyone wants to see their taxes down everyone wants to pay um everyone doesn't want to see like a, a major developer get a major tax break they don't want to see people like the the wealthy elites the few the rich the powerful you know keep getting tax breaks keep getting subsidies and all that like we want to see real affordable low in, low income affordable housing we want to see uh, a great public education system we want to see low cost of living, salaries going up, wages being sustainable to in order to pay those bills. So those are the policies that I'm trying to focus on to make sure that we're bringing working class communities together. Absolutely. Uh, no, that's what, um, with that affordable housing, uh, for, what was it, three, four weeks ago over there on the West End. And, um, you know, we, you know, we were sitting there talking about it and, you bring up the tax breaks and, and, you know, you got these colleges that get these tax breaks, but then you have these public schools that are like in awful conditions. And it's like, if, if you were the president of, you know, Brown or PC, like you should be embarrassed, like knowing that you're getting these tax breaks in the state and there's kids that are going to these schools in this condition and don't have the resources. And it's like, come on, man. Like, you know, you know, you you should, those tax breaks should come with public support specifically for the schools. If you're, if you know, if you get the best colleges in the country, in our own state, we should have the best public schools in our state. You know what I mean? It should, it should trickle down. It can't just be like, yeah, we're good here. And, and, and we worry about kids coming from Connecticut, New Jersey that are going to come in and they, and they bring the money in to go to the college and all that. But what about the Providence kids? What about the Rhode Island kids? You know what I mean? So, and then, to, you know, going back to term limits, you know, if you have two, four, eight years, whatever you want to call it, 
if I knew I had two years to make a difference, <laughs> I'm gonna lay the fire under my ass to make a difference. Cause right. I cause after the two years, I gotta go back into that community yep. and walk the streets with my dog and people are gonna throw eggs at me. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I need, you know, if 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 I know I got term limit, yeah. hey, I'm gonna do what I can do to make it better. Right. And then, you know, go back to you know, throwing a punch, swinging a hammer, you know, making a coffee, whatever your your job was, you go back to doing that, you know? And then, you know, people either dig you for what you've done or they're going to, or, you know, or you just didn't do anything. And, and then you got to go hide in your, in your basement, you know? <laughs> All right, yeah. so. Something that, that I just want to quickly um, add that, that my brother um, touched on very little bit. Um, so something that, like I'm super big and, and vocal on um, is we need to change the systems of power, not necessarily the people. Because um, yeah. we waste a lot of energy and time right now um, either like advocating for someone or against someone, someone's not doing the, the, the right job. But what we see is the institution that person is, will just replace them with someone the same or even worse. And then we're at point A. Um, so, so what I'm really big on is really trying to change the, the dynamics of power that exists in, in our local government. Um, so right now at, at city council, we, we have completely done that. Um, council president Miller is um, very open um, with the fifth, with the other 14 of us in terms of introducing stuff, um, talking about different ideas. Um, she doesn't play favorites. Um, usually what we see with like leadership team is like it's eight and seven. So the eight people will introduce their agenda and then the other seven are kind of just left playing an oppositional role. Um, so what, what she has done is really opened up the the body for all of us to play uh, an active role in, in whatever legislation we want to introduce. Um, we're super fluid. I would say most of us, like 13, 14 of us um, are, are really on the same train tracks going the same direction in terms of what our vision is for the city um so so that's very big something that i'm already gonna uh start advocating for um and, and definitely on my way out is making uh city councilors full-time um so right now what we see um my brother touched on a little bit um there's not a lot of people that look like this in, in these institutions and that's just because it's not a sustainable lifestyle for a working class person to to be a part of. Um, they have session in the middle of the day on a Tuesday when most folks are have other full-time jobs and, and responsibilities. Um, so that's something that I'm really gonna push for because there's full-time work. Um, so by creating the the position as a city councilor, state rep full-time, it, it gives it opens up the door to a lot more other people. Because um, what we see right now, especially at the state house, is we see people like lawyers um, that have the flexibility to show up whenever they want. Um, so people like that have, have always had a, a more louder presence in, in these types of institutions. A lot of, there's a lot of lawyers in, in the House of Representatives and the Senate. And <laughs> it's just like, all right, show, literally, I literally see some of my colleagues just show up and then just like leave like for now they just show up for the votes and that's it they just show up um for entourage just like i'm here all right i'm leaving like and it's just like bro like guys like we got things to discuss here we have to debate we have to discuss the, the specific policies the, the specific bills that are being presented on the house floor like why this is good why this is bad and it's just like my brother mentioned, a lot of lawyers in that house in, in, in state government um, with the flexibility, with time. And it's just like we need people who are dealing with. Do you think it's, uh, do you think it's, 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 it's them being burnt out on, on 
on the the hurdles of of change, or is it more that they just don't care and they're just abusing the 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 position of power, or a little bit of both? So uh, there's this motion that there has been a change in state government like we were becoming like more progressive within the house of representatives we have a speaker of the house uh his name is joshua karchi who um you know who's more progressive than his, his predecessor which was Don, uh, uh Nic- nicholas mariello he's a cranston rep um and yeah i mean you can see on clear paper you can see the way things are done there is some change you know uh you know, we are focusing on, okay, some good policies with housing, with we're trying to get, we're trying to, I'm trying to push us on education because we don't want to touch the education funded formula. We don't want to tweak it so that communities are getting more money, especially Providence. That's what I've been advocating for. But um, there have been, there has been uh, that environment that has become more open, more inclusive, more progressive, whatever. But in my personal opinion, it's still not enough, um, especially now with how things are. Uh, economically uh the burden the economic burden that people are that communities are facing during this pandemic um i don't want to say it's over because i mean we're still dealing with with health crisis but now we're also dealing with the financial burdens the high cost of living the uh extremely excessive uh high cost of rent mortgage um uh, wages aren't going up. Inflation rates are up. Everything's so expensive. Food, uh, drinks, um, uh, uh, equipment, things in the restaurant scenes, the nightlife scenes. Everything is up now. Everything's you know, and people are just like, we're just like, okay, how can I take care of myself or my family during the week financially? Uh, you know, during the week pay my bills, make sure that our kids are getting to school, making sure I'm taking care of myself, paying my, my student loans off, whatever, paying my utility costs. And how can I also afford to go get a drink at night? How can I afford to go travel? How can I afford to do extra stuff for myself, you know, take care of myself when everything is just so expensive? And that's what I'm just trying to emphasize within my colleagues to make sure that we are doing our job um, and everyone's showing up and we are uh, addressing the issues and taking this serious because people's lives are at, are at stake. We're... Our people's lives depend on the decisions that we make in the House, in the Senate, within the governor's office. And I just see a, not enough, not enough. We're, do, we're making progress. We're making strides. But we need to do more, a lot Throughout more. Throughout a lot. Yeah. We can do that. Um, one of the things that um, I, I was watching one of your interviews with um, – oh, I forget the name of it. It was, it was a virtual interview. I think it was when you guys were running. It was um, – I forget the name of the, of the show that, that you guys are on. But one of – Two of the big things you guys and you guys have already mentioned this, but um, was one was the, one of the big missions you guys have. One one was uh, education, and the other one was uh, affordable housing. Are are those still two the two of the big things that you guys are are, are working on pushing forward, or, or have some other things started to come up that you that you're working on? Yeah, so I mean, those are definitely the two um, two of the biggest um, issues uh, facing our communities. Um, it's no secret that the Providence Public School District has been struggling. Um, for decades now, unfortunately, um, right now it's an uh, it's a little more difficult in terms of um, advocating. Not advocate, we can always advocate, but in terms of like changing policies because it's under state control. So the Department of Education is is running it right now. Um, but what we are doing um, already is is working with the mayor's office in in terms of. Um, creating some sort of plan um, for when it the it does come back into the control of the city, um, which right now is planned uh, for the fall of um, 
2024, oh, wow. I believe. Oh, cool. um, so it, it is going to be coming down to us in, in the near future. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. Um, but just something that, that I always tell to anyone, um, anytime I, I get a platform, um, just the, 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 the main uh, sign of a, of a productive um, thriving society um, is the, the quality of the public education district in, in that community. Um, so this is, it's, it's our future. Um, really, uh, to say the least, um, it's a lot of kids that we've been failing for decades, um, just not having a uh, sufficient building for them to attend, um, not giving them the, the opportunities um, in school and outside school um, to, to show them that they can do whatever they want with their life. Um, we just really got to give them those resources and opportunities because um, that, that's their like mission is to see and learn um with what they're giving and then for them to decide um my, my biggest thing is like a lot of our youth like they just need one person to, to believe in them to to show them that a productive life and in, in whatever capacity you want whether you want to be a professional whether you want to be uh, in the trades in a nonprofit, I, I think it's very suiting um that that we're taping this in uh in a building that that gives so many kids so many uh urban youth um the 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 opportunity to do something else with their life um sports was always uh, a big part of my life growing up um so um, especially a sport like boxing. Um, I, I wrestled growing up and it really just shows you the basics of life, having discipline, patience, um, a team sport sometimes, or, or like boxing sometimes is, is just you. There's no one else to blame, but yourself. Um, so, so that type of stuff, um, is, is super important. So education definitely has to be at the forefront of every elected official in, in the state right now in terms of, uh, priorities. Um, but yeah, the second, if, if not first, um, I really don't want to number it because everyone's yeah. everyone's life is, is different. But housing, it, I mean, it, just go look for an apartment right now in Providence <laughs> and, and tell me it's not a, a crisis, um, especially for folks um, that are in the middle or, or lower income classes. Um, it, it's just just the stock. There's just nothing out there. Um, there's even folks in my neighborhood who have like Section 8 vouchers that just can't find a place to use it. at, So they have to give it back uh, to the federal government. Um, so like I mentioned earlier, like um, taking a look at the zoning, um, really what we just all need to be prioritizing is building more housing. Um, I'm not a, a, a big proponent um, of like building like market rate and luxury housing. Um, but if, if the opportunity does come, then and any housing is better than no housing. Um, but where I, I do kind of draw a line with that type of development is most of these folks um, will ask for a tax break from the city um, to have luxury condos. And uh, for like me, that's just like a broken formula. Um, you shouldn't be getting tax incentives to charge four thousand dollars for a two bedroom apartment. <laughs> it's, just, it's just it's not it's not the answer in my opinion. Um, it, it is going to house someone. Um, but that someone might be coming from Boston's that has that type of salary. So we're really not fixing the issue that we have currently, which is Providence residents that live here now who have lived here for decades don't have a place to live. And, and that's kind of where, where my priorities are in, in terms of housing. Uh, absolutely, man. And, and you touched on two things that, you know, with the housing in my neighborhood, I've, I've seen a lot of families get pushed out just because price points are rising. And like you said, wages aren't rising. You know, your rent's rising, but your pay's not rising. 
And, you know, so, you know, something's got to be done there to keep families in Providence because Providence is only as good as the families that live in Providence, right, yeah. you know? And <laughs> then with the, with the, you know, with what Lamont's doing and, uh, you know, with gloves up, guns down, and, you know, I'm, I'm supporting him as much as I can. I mean, we see kids come in here, and, you know, most of the kids that come in here, most of them aren't going to become professional boxers, but they come in here with their hands in the pocket, head down, and the minute they realize that Coach Lamont believes in them, I believe in them. Like they smile, they you know they 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 gain that confidence, and you know you know they, it's it's not just about hey you know producing fighters. It's about producing like you know human being like a, right. like a dude that's like a kid. It's gonna come in here and yo hey one person believes in them. They're gonna leave with that, and they're gonna and they're gonna you know make just you know you know uh, just get better and and try harder in school, try harder with 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 whatever they're doing, and they'll come to us and ask us questions, life questions, not 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 how to throw a jab, like like questions about life, you know you know what should I do after school, um, you know just things like that, and so you become this mentor. Um, inside and outside of the ring, you know what I mean? Yeah, we're learning how to throw punches, but we're also learning how to, you know, survive and live. And, like, you know, a lot of these kids are are dealing with stuff that adults couldn't even, you know, you know, handle. So it's not fair for them to have to navigate through that alone. And so, you know, you know, we need more support. You guys need more support. We need more support because the kids need more support. So exactly. anybody that's supporting families and youth in Providence, yo, I'm man, I'm 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 all for it. I'm I'm I'll throw I'll throw everything behind you, you know what I mean? And um, and that's where that's 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 what brought me here. And and you know you know me and me and Lamont, we just become friends, and that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to, you know, just boom, give these kids a place where people believe in them. Right. And it go, man, that 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 it compounds, man, and it, and it 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 changes, it changes the course of the direction for their lives. So so like, I mean, I can't. It's just it's needed. It's needed. You know what I mean? So yeah. So uh, one one other thing, kind of to branch off of that, um, before this podcast, I I know one of the teachers who teaches over at um the Hope Academy, which is is that located in the in the South Side. Or is that do you know what district that is exactly? It's I think it's off of um, um, off off to look up at it's some, it's somewhere in that area, Hope Academy. And I, I was asking him, I'm like, hey, I'm getting Enrique and uh, Miguel on. Um, they're really big into like uh, you know, make making sure education is is a forefront in in Providence. And I'm like, what are you, as a teacher? And he's taught in a couple of different schools. He's taught at uh Ocean Tides, which is I don't know if that's in Providence, but it's a uh, it's a school just basically to help these kids that are. Uh, you know, I've gotten into trouble in the past. Yeah. Um, he's taught at a couple, a couple different schools, so he has a little bit of perspective on a few different areas. I'm like, I'm like, what do you, what do you think? Just to kind of echo some of the things he said. Um, and he said most teachers, especially coming out of school, they want to. I mean, they want to help. That's that's what they're passionate about. They want to help the kids, yeah. but a lot of them will end up getting burnt out when this the ratios that you're supposed to have. All of a sudden, there's not enough teachers in the in the school and. You're supposed to teach a class of 20 and all of a sudden it's looking like a class of 30 and then 35 and then there's like and you end up all of a sudden working all these other jobs that you weren't really signing up for like yeah. okay now you're doing all this administrative tasks on it now you're doing this so the, so the teachers are starting to get burnt out and a lot of them are starting to look like okay what other jobs are out there other than this public school like maybe i'll go to like this private school instead maybe i'll go to this you know, charter school instead so um 
and obviously like pay, pay and benefits is, is a big thing uh, for the teachers as well. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he was like, listen, like any, anyone who's trying to support like Providence schools, like especially the public schools, I'm all about it. Cause I, even um, like, like what you said earlier, if you can support the kids in the schools, that's, I mean, it's a long-term growth, but that's going to support the city in general. Right. Like those kids are going to get better jobs. They're going to give back to their city. Um, it's just going to be overall just better for the city. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, yeah. So, um, as an educator the last few years, I've seen firsthand, um, the issues, at like four different schools. I was at the, the Alvarez high school, Mount Pleasant high school and, uh, Juanita Sanchez and then central. And I automatically started seeing like the negative implications that educators are dealing with, with issues with like their students sometimes or with the administration or just like the learning environment. Okay. The kids here aren't the problem. Um, the teachers aren't the problem. It's the structures of power. It's decisions made within the school district. It's decisions made within ride the Department of education. It's decisions made within local government, city and state governments, the school board. And, and it's not to say that we're not trying to do our best but a lot of times we just don't understand what's happening in the classes because we're not seeing what these youth are dealing with, what the teachers are dealing with. And that's what I always tell the people, like whenever there's a meeting, whenever there's town halls or school board meetings or in political settings, not everyone has seen what's been what, what, what people are, what our teachers and our students and parents and school communities are dealing with in the classroom and schools because we're not there. We have no connection to it. We don't understand. We don't have empathy. We don't have compassion. And that's the number one issue. So that's the number one like problem that we need to address, making sure that our communities are learning or know what's, what's happening at different schools across Providence. Um, my brother talked, uh, touched base on the schools going back to the city by fall of 2024. I am going to go ahead and say and not be naive about it that um, our commissioner is trying to is going to try to ex- extend that uh, state takeover of the schools. Um, I think they're going to try to repeal what we have right now called the Crowley Act to make sure that that she ha- that the elementary and secondary ed- uh, education council gives more time to the commissioner and ride for a longer period of of of, uh, of state takeover of the schools of Providence. And I've been vocal about that. That's a, that's there's a major disagreement on how things are going between myself, and some other colleagues in, in our local delegation of Providence, with like uh, the current administration, uh, governor's office, ride, and some members, uh, some members of the city, uh, city government, local government. Um, but uh, what can I say? It's been a hostile environment for our teachers. A lot of teachers have been leaving the schools. I've been leaving the school districts. Like over 300 teachers have left Providence schools over the last two years. And that's because the commissioner is just like, or, or, the, or the current settings around with the schools and during COVID have created uh, right. uh, educators to choose alternatives across uh, other uh, careers, other fields. Uh, and we're seeing a lot of, like just disruption. We're seeing school closures. We've, we're starting to see school closures. Um, I put in a bill to make sure that our state, our 
We don't just shut down three schools without without building three schools up. Yeah. Like, what is the intention between like they their argument is that the schools are falling apart? Okay, I understand. Yes, we need to fix these schools, but like, there's no plan set in place to to rebuild new schools. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? And they still have not been public about what's going to happen in in those properties uh, when those schools are are closed. So it's just like to me, it seems like there's an attack on public education, and I'm not, and I'm and I'm and I've been vocal about it. I think. Our, the current leadership in education in Providence, Rhode Island, are trying to like break our public education system to bring in more charter schools. Yeah. And I and I and I understand the appetite for uh, for for a better environment, better uh, learning environment for our our, our youth, especially for our, our Latino and Black youth, or or who are more, the the majority, the bulk of the school district is made up of, of Black and Latino students. Uh, but um, the parents, you know, a lot of parents have appetite for charter schools, right? Because they think that's the only alternative. I personally think that we can reform public education by like doing a complete 360 change of our curriculum that's taught in schools and uh, uh, increase wages for teachers, for substitutes, for advisors, for assistant teachers, um, invest in our current schools, maybe like uh, try to like uh, not have too many schools, but, not just close schools up because we think they're falling apart or whatever. <laughs> and that's what I think that the, the current leadership at Ride is trying to do with, with, this, with the school district. And it's a bunch of folks in those positions that aren't part of the community, have not really been part of the community, maybe one or two people. But like the, the majority of those people within Ride have no ties to the community, don't know what's happening, don't understand that it's not just the education system that's been failing. It's been poverty, yeah. poverty that has been affecting these kids, families, parents from actively changing the schools. And so uh, everything, housing, healthcare, care, uh, wages, um, lack of opportunities, showing compassion and love and empathy for these kids to make sure that they're becoming also uh, politicians, doctors, directors of nonprofits, not just become police officers, military members, not just become, uh, you know, go into trades. Like, yes, all of those careers are good, but we need to teach them to also be leaders. I want, I, I've told school board members, I've told other colleagues in their faces, I've told them, I've said in public, I don't want, I want our youth to replace us. I want our youth to become the leaders that we are in. Like, Absolutely. And it's not just, and it's not just have the typical politician you know it's in a suit whatever like let's have let's let's recruit working class people let's recruit youth to start developing um transparencies to start developing awareness and understanding of government local government and national government and giving these kids the tools and equipment that they need to be successful and it just seems like we're not doing that well you know what too um like you know bringing up the fact that you know a lot of people that make the decisions for the community don't live in the community so there's there's a separation there and it kind of reminds me of it's that whole you know if it's your kid you're gonna you're gonna make sure everything's proper but you know once you have that separation it's not my kid then it's not your problem and it's like and it's like that's that's a shitty way to think about it um, it's a wrong way to think about it. it and it's kind of like, you know, I, I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine and we were talking about how, how you know, police officers should live in the communities that they police because then those kids that look at look like targets aren't targets anymore. They You actually know the kids and the, and, and you build this 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 rapport and they're just like just, you know, like, you know, you, you know, instead of 
shooting at the kids or whatever or the kids shoot at you. It's like you guys can go shoot hoops together. You can have a conversation. You can figure solve problems and learn from each other. So that way you're not you're not driving around and you're not viewing people as threats and they're not viewing you as a threat. You know what I mean? And it's like so it's the same thing where if you're making decisions for a community, you should have ties into that community. Yeah, I'm not saying you you know you, it's like you know. I well, no, I am saying it. you should you you should be in you know a community member. Like I mean, so it's I, all about trust. Yeah, I, I, I think big time, I, I big time. We're going big to. time. Like, I, I was going to touch on it when you were talking about um, the kids that that come in here um, and start asking you about questions that have nothing to do with boxing. It's because you've developed that trust already inside here um, yep. with that connection through the sport that that opens up their lenses for like, oh, I'm struggling with, with this part of my life as well. And I trust you because you've been helping me with this part. So you just start having conversations. Yep. And that's how it is with, with our local um, law enforcement. Yep. Um, up until this year, like I, I, I could probably name like one or two officers in, in my area. And, and that was someone that was already somewhat engaged in, in the community. So I mean, that's something that I've talked to my lieutenant is, is have your officers um, go out to different businesses, um, talk to folks, just, just bring everything back mm-hmm. on, on a human basis. Um, yep. Remove our titles, our badges, our, 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 our uniforms, um, and, and just talk to folks that, that have been here already. You just started on this police department a year ago you probably live in in warwick like talk to this business owner that's been at this bodega for 20 years and Mm -hmm. get to know him and and see what some of his struggles are because i bet some of the struggles you think that he's struggling are probably not even on his radar like he so it's really just about trust and and being open and and just having conversations at the end of the day all day all day i mean you know like um there's a boxing uh program in i think it's the bronx and it's it's run by the police nypd and the whole the whole premise behind it was to to bridge that gap, to be able to be, hey, listen, you know, we're, we're, cops aren't the bad guys. The kids aren't the bad guys, you know, and they get to know each other and they build that trust. And, you know, me and Coach Lamont were talking about, um, you know, you know, one, this facility is just it's it, it's it's too small. For, you know, we can do we can help more kids in a larger facility. And. We're looking over on the West End and um, right next to the police station. And we were talking about bringing the police into the gym. So then you have the police working with the kids and it's just you're putting it together because that's needed. It's needed because because of that trust. And now, you know, you know, you're not viewing each other as threats and you're building the community up. And it's, you know, it's just it's 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 something that's that's has been needed for a long time because, you know, you grow up. And, you know, it's it's this it's this code of the streets and it's the, you know, code of the cops where it's like, you know, you got to protect your own and you blah, 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 blah. And it's just, you know, it's all bullshit. It's, at the end of the day, it's all bullshit because I think most people want to help. And I think we're all I think we all have more in common, regard, whether we're, a, you know, whether we're in the hood, whether we're, you know, um, a cop, whether we're you know, white, black, or brown, whatever we are, we, we have more in common than we think. And we just have different styles. And it's like, that's all it is. But everything's, you know, I think we all want to, you know, see our kids succeed, you know, like regardless. Like, even if you don't have kids, you you know, you know, if, you know, you want to help kids, you know what I mean? It's just like, so um, I just think that conversation has never really been had or no one's ever taken that step on the level that's been needed to 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 make that happen you know 
you get it here, you get it there, but, you know, it's fragmented. It's not strong. So, you know, the more you can kind of put it together and make it sustainable. That's the thing, too. You'll have a lot of these um, programs and groups, and they'll last for three years, and then they're gone. And they, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if the group was just trying to collect data for some some higher thing, whatever, to, to just report up to, but... You know, I've seen these programs come through and nothing sustains. It's just like, yeah, you know, drop in a pan, you help a couple of kids and then boom, it's gone. Like, oh, yeah, you know, it used to be a community center here and it's all based on funds. You know, oh, there's no, ran out of money. Everybody ran out of money. And it's like, but then you see all these other people that got shit ton of money and you're like, you didn't run out of money. You just stopped right. giving it to these kids. You know what I mean? And it's, that's what it is. Like, you didn't run out of anything. So that really just, um, starts in our priorities as a society um like like i'm just like in terms of like national politics i i'll be honest i'm just completely jaded out um both parties at the end of the day in my opinion um have the same corporate interests that that's where their, their priorities are so obviously i am a democrat um i i'm a registered democrat um I believe Democrats at the national level are still miles ahead of, of the other party um, in, in terms of like social um, priorities. Um, but in terms of like economic and, and health and education priorities, um, we spend way more on healthcare care um, than, than most developed countries. And we're still so behind. Um, so, I mean, even like well, how we treat our veterans when we come back, we, we are miles ahead of every developed country in terms of military spending. But at the same time, we still have like I think the, the stat, unfortunately, is like 20 veterans a day committing suicide because we don't take care of the people that, that are in this country. Um, so so the point I was getting to um, in, in terms of that, because that's a very important piece in, in my lens when when uh, legislating is is creating programs that are sustainable and, and are very digestible in terms of implementation as, as a city. Because um, right now we're, we're going to start our, our budget. The mayor is giving his budget to us city councilors on Tuesday. Uh, city councilors have six weeks to add, remove stuff. So that, that's kind of the way I lens that is. Like we have money for, for X, Y, and Z, then, then we definitely have money to take care of our, our youth mm. conversation we're speaking about. And it, it's all about priorities and, and having the political will to, to make sure those priorities stay at the forefront. Well, no, that's that's the thing. It's, it's a huge mental health crisis. Huge. On, on, yeah. and, and that's where, that's the thing, too, where even here in the gym, it's not just you come in here and you work on your, you, 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 you do have an outlet for your, you know, for your mental health because you'll come in here, you could be angry, you can be dealing with some stuff. And that physical exertion and, and, and having that outlet actually calms your mind and, and allows you to think and, you know, you know, clears your head. And, um, you know, it's funny. I was I was I was telling my buddy uh, a couple of days ago in the same conversation we were talking about, the you know, I said, I said, you know what, the, you know, because everybody, oh, we don't have any money. We don't have any money. And I said, why don't we just instead of having the cops drive around the neighborhood right you know drive it's like have you i said to him i said have you ever seen a firefighter drive around looking for a fire right you ain't driving around looking for a fire right so it's like if there's a fire they go to the fire right so it's like but you know the cops in the neighborhood drive around it's like what's the gas price just just the gas price alone for like a year annual gas per tag on that right there so it's like if 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 you took that that number and the cops stayed at the station and if there was an issue 
they can they can respond to the issue. But what would that number be in 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 dollars for every gallon of gas saved from you know not driving around looking for problems? Because then also too that that creates if you're driving around looking for a problem, you, you know problems going to pop up that may not be there. Right. You know what I mean? So that's start that's creating that whole, them in your head. Yeah. Yeah. That whole cat mouse game, and it's just like it's another kind of side of side of the coin that you know you know. We talk about, but you know, nothing's. I don't. I don't yeah, see. no. It's just a, at the end of the day, like like the conversation that, that I have with folks, just about being physically responsible. Like usually, I, I would say I'm a lot more forward thinking person. I, I try to stay aware from words like progressive because they they mean something different for everyone. Um, so I, I just try yeah. to use like adjectives that like everyone can can really relate to. Um, and, and the thing with like public safety, um, including fire department and, and police, um, we spend way more than other cities are our size. Um, and, and at that point, the conversation is about what are we doing physically like that, that's different from other. Our crime right now, for the most part, is, is pretty low. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, the, the police department wants to um, keep running up academies. And, and my thing is like, just to show us the data. Like, what, what are you seeing that like I'm not seeing? Like, that, that's what it's all about is transparency and accountability that thing those are the two things that are, are are missing in government local government a lot of times is one we we all talk about transparency but we know a lot of things happen behind the scenes that's yeah. something that we try to should try to get away from and and two is just being held accountable if you have a budget of two million dollars for overtime then you shouldn't be going over that unless we have the data that backs up we had this many incidents this many fires that that really equates to that um because that's the that's there's a couple of like economic nonprofits that have been like showing us like instead of that money going to to fire and in public safety it really should be going to like parks and recreation absolutely that's where we we create opportunities um takes out some of these these uh rooted causes of um lack of development, lack of opportunities. Um, so that's really where, where I start the conversation is like, so I'll take my step back. I think something that we must do as a, as a society, um, as a city, um, is define the role of a police officer. Um, should a police officer be at a construction site for 10 hours a day directing traffic? In my opinion, in my opinion, probably not. So, I mean, there's things like that that we really just need to do a a better job on, in in my opinion. Um, Well, like, you know what I hear a lot, too? I hear I hear that whole, you know, when it comes to like, you know, any type of federal fund, it's like, oh, if we don't use it, then we lose it. So then they got to burn it. Like, it's like they end up, oh, you know, you got to burn through it to get the next whatever the next, uh, you know, yearly fiscal, whatever it is. And it's like, that's just a stupid mentality. Like, that makes no sense to me. It's like, yo, if I have all this, like, I don't need more. Like, I have this. Right. Like, we, and I'm not just going to burn this so I can get another bag. Right. Like, it's like, no, let's let's put that one over right. there. Right. Like, take give that one to the kids. Yep. Like, yo, we're good over here. We right. got this one. Yep. You take that one, put it over there. The kids take that one, put it over there for mental health. Now right. you got bags moving over here instead of me just be like give me the bag give me the bag give me the bag like hey Matt burn that one otherwise you don't get that one like Literally. what the fuck like that's stu- that's so short sighted and it's stupid and it's and you know who's paying for that the kids the right. kids that are coming up the you know the next wave of kids that aren't getting those resources so you're burning resources so you can get more resources 
and you but it's but it's like that's selfish that it reminds me of that um you ever heard of that the the, the corn seed sto- story the guy who had the corn seed there's this old story he's a farmer i don't even know if it's true right but the stories the story's dope the guy has like this prize corn seed right it's the best corn seed, and he gives it to his neighbors and this dude's like, yo, man, what are you giving your seed? That's your, that's your seed. That's like, that's like, your, you know, it's, it's, it's award-winning seed. And he goes, he goes, listen, he goes, I'm, it's like, if I don't give my seed to Matt, Enrique, and, and, and Miguel, what happens is your corn is going to affect my crop. Like, if, if, if you have shitty, you know, um, you know seeds, it's going to eventually affect my crop. But if I give you my seed, I give you yours, and now... My crop's stronger mm-hmm. because you're stronger and you're mm-hmm. stronger. And then you do that, you give your seed, next thing you know, everybody's strong. Dominoes. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's, it's, a, it's a stupid corn seed story, but, but the analogy <laughs> is like, it, it's so true. It's like, that's what it is. It's like, I mean, it's as simple as a, a, a stupid corn seed story. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, give the resources to the people that need it. And and you know it's it's gonna it's just you gotta strengthen everybody. But, so. It's just having like the, the the strength of the the community like at the forefront of everything you do. Like yeah. if, if you have ten dollars and, and you don't need that ten dollars, like give the eight dollars back and it'll come back to you eventually at some point. <laughs> yeah. like, that's something that like our mom always like instilled yeah. us early on is like give like whenever you can. Like yep. this is a world that depends on on the kindness of others. That, Absolutely, be wh- kind. What wh- one thing that I do want to um, bring up, and I don't know if we can just yeah, switch yeah. topics. Yeah. I think something that we can improve on is uh, in order to improve our, our education system, the, the lives of our youth, um, the living conditions in our communities. So look, Providence is changing, right? We all know this, right? We know a lot of neighborhoods are changing. A lot of people are moving. People are new people are coming in. A lot of Providence is attracting a lot of people from all parts of the country, yep. all, from the world. Um, and so, okay, you know, people are moving into communities, the east side, the west end, north end, the south side, Elmwood, west end, Oneyville, Silver Lake, Hartford Park, whatever, Elmhurst, anywhere in Providence, who don't, ha- who, who just moved here last year, who just moved here two years ago, all right? Don't have ties to the community, don't have kids in the education system, couples, individuals, single people, whatever, all right? Why is this so hard or, why, or what can we do to make sure that couple, that individual goes to a football game? Goes to a high school basketball game. Goes to a, a volleyball game. Goes to an an, an after school community uh, events at that Providence public school or that charter private whatever. Go, participates yep. as active. It's not just in their house working on the computer from home. You know, from nine to five, and that's it. Like it just goes out to a bar in the West End or in Fodor Hill or on the East Side, and just like let's like why like we need to like in order for us to like move as a society or move forward as a city, like why can't we um, uh, like recommend or advise or, or champion that thought? All right. Talk about words like gentrification. We talk about the word, like, you know, a bunch of, we, you know, there's this, this is this conversation, you know, and, and please don't get offended if I say this, right? Let's just, just, just saying the truth in our communities. A lot of folks talk about, oh, there's a lot of people from Boston, New York, professional developers, uh, wealthy people, you know, moving into the communities, working class people. Okay, whatever. Let's, let's, let's tune that out. Why is it so hard for folks or, or why, can, or what can we do to make sure individuals and couples who just have moved here from Providence, you know, 
uh, also get involved in their local community space, in their local uh, um, nonprofit area, or something to do with community gardens, or do or get involved in the in the school system. Get involved by going to a school, going to an institution, and volunteering, participating. And and I don't see that a lot. And and and, and it's an issue. And I, and I'm telling you this because I've been. At four different high schools, I've I've seen only some of the parent involvement from these kids. It's, it's very low still, but I haven't seen people who are part of the part of the community but aren't part of the community. Yeah, they don't participate. So that's what I'm. I've always been telling my people, like friends who just moved here last year, moved here two years ago, moved here three years ago, whatever. All right, you wanna feel like you're making a change, so at Central, volunteer at PCTA, volunteer at SMS year school, volunteer at Carl Laurel School, volunteer, go go and, and be at these spaces. Like you need more, yeah, you need more active participation. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. you know, we you know, due to COVID and whatnot, everybody had to sit at home and you're isolated and you got your phone and you and you're sitting there scrolling and whatnot. And I, I see I see it all the time, like, you know, and like, you know, every everybody does it from time to time where you know, you're gonna post a motivational quote, right? You post a quote, you post a quote. And 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 you know, I was in I was in the animal sheltering world a long time and I would see people this is bad this was way this was like 10, 10, 12 years ago. People on Facebook would be sharing, you know, this dog in Brooklyn, da da da, this dog in Connecticut, da da. But but what about the dog in Providence? And also what are you doing other than just sitting in front of a screen, just telling everybody about the problems? Like, what are you doing right, exactly. physically? Like, are you going to your local shelter and walking the dog? Mm-hmm. Are you going to your local gloves up, guns down, and, 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 and working with a kid how to box? Are you going to your local CrossFit gym and you're going to, you know, you know, help, you know, help someone in your community, you know, you know, help an uh, elderly woman at, in the road, do air squats and show her how she can, you know, you know, keep her mobility as she ages. Like I, like it's you got to be more active. Like the, those motivational quotes are cool, but if you're sitting there and you're just posting 20, 30 motivational quotes, like yo, like those are for you. <laughs> do to, something. Like, those are yeah. for you to get off your ass and be more active. <laughs> you're posting that for yourself. <laughs> That's not for me. That's not like I'm out here doing. Like you're out here doing, he's out here. We're oh, out here doing. Like, that's for you to get up and yeah. go do something. Right. Like that's what it is. It's like, and so yeah, I, I agree. Like people need to be more active. And I think, I think you know, every a lot of things are cyclical. Where it's like, I think we're coming around to that. I think people, I think people have been in front of screens way too long. And I think now people got to be. You know what? Boom. We got to do more because a lot of things have been happening. And. We do have to come together. We, we we can't be fragmented, and you know. Yeah. But but again, if you're in that survival mentality, like you are, you are fragmented, and you are. It's like it's like it's like you know you are kind of like a squirrel where it's like oh shit, like boom, you know you you move. Like I see people, everybody now is afraid to look at each other. You know you walk by each other, head down, boom, and you keep it moving. You don't want any interaction, and that's that's on it. That's just walking down Broadway to get a coffee. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's like it's it's. Yeah. it's it's what it is right now, boy. So uh, I, w- I do want to be respectful of your guys' time. We're yeah. just over the hour mark here, yeah. so I w- I'm going to start to wrap this up. Um, I'm going to have you guys leave us with one more thing. So just to end on a positive note, because I know we talked about a lot of the issues and the problems and, and things we want to do to get better. So give me one thing that you're excited for coming up in the city, just in general. It could be an event. could be something that's going on. 
and then uh, tell people, uh, I guess, where, where they can find you and, and what they can do to support. Um, yeah, so I mean, something locally that, that's exciting that's happening right now is the start of um, Little League. Um, so nice. I, I know uh, Elmwood started this weekend. Um, next weekend, I believe um, Mount Pleasant and, and Silver Lake start. Um, so I mean, I, I know Mount Pleasant definitely is still looking for like uh, volunteer assistant coaches and, and head coaches. So reach out to those organizations, see if you can get uh, looped in and, and help out. And then in terms of um, like city stuff coming up, uh, our, like I mentioned earlier, the budget is going to be uh, making its way around to us. Um, so that's something to keep out an eye out on because um, that's really where, where you see the priorities of the cities is in this budget. Um, and then at the same time with that work, the city every 10 years uh, does um, a comprehensive plan or, or the comp plan. And that really just outlines for the next 10 years, like where we want to see growth of the city, uh, where we want to see more development. Um, so in terms of like zoning, um, different uh, parking minimum, stuff like that. Um, so there's definitely going to be... Um, opportunities to participate in that um if you see something in your neighborhood that you'd be like oh we, we should probably be developing this land or we should probably need like a supermarket in, in this part of the neighborhood like that's something where you should get plugged in and and voice your your opinions and thoughts um so so the budget um and, and the comp plan are, are stuff that we're working at the city level that are definitely good avenues um to participate in, in your local democracy and um and, and then in terms of where you can find me um I'm on all the social medias. If you just search up my name, Miguel Sanchez, um, my phone number is out there as well too. Facebook, um, my address is out there. If you want to come knock on my door, I've had a few neighbors <laughs> do that, and, and that's completely awesome. fine. I mean, we work for the people. I mean, you guys put us there, so cool. that, that's what we're, we're there for. Love that. Yeah, uh, to add on uh, from legislation side, uh, we just passed legislation in the House. It still has to pass the Senate and then signed by the governor, but hopefully we can get it through all chambers of government, uh, the ban on rental application fees. Um, that's, I mean, look from a landlord or, or, or someone who owns multiple properties, whatever, like, all right, like that's a lost source of revenue. But right now we need to do more to protect tenants' rights, to, to uplift tenants' rights. Um, and this is me coming from a, yeah, I don't have a, I don't have properties myself, but I have a lot of friends and family and people in my circles who, um, who own properties, who have multiple houses, who have several houses, whatever. And I have seen, cause I've been paying attention to like different stories and I've been speaking to tenants, uh, uh, in my district and other parts of the city and, and from the state as well. You know, we, we were hearing how some landlords take advantage of tenants at rent application fees and, you know, they stack them up and they get thousands of dollars from folks when, Jeez. when they just take advantage of them. So that's something that is going to, that's good from the pro tenant, uh, perspective to try to elevate and balance the housing crisis, the housing, uh, market stuff um this year whether or not you support this or not i just want to put that out there this some of the big uh bills this year are to codify the abortion coverage through the medicaid the aca um you know wherever you stand on that you know uh uh also to there's a bill to make sure that we ban military assault we weapons from uh our communities uh, that is, those are some of the priorities, some of the bills that are out there that have been drawing a lot of attention and um, a lot of, you know, uh, perspectives to the state house. There's, there's that back and forth between pro-choice, pro-gun, I mean, excuse me, pro-choice, uh, pro-life, um, and then the pro-gun and more of like, let's regulate weapons and all that. Okay, we know those are controversial uh, policies, right? 
But I want to see us focus on doing more to address housing um, stuff to address the zoning across our states. Our zoning in Providence is not good, I'd say, you know, compared to other states. Uh, zoning in, in other communities as well is not the best. Uh, we need to make sure that we um, uh, push for more low income, affordable housing, you know, ranges between 30 to 50% AMI, not market rate units. Uh, we, we do more to address the homelessness crisis uh, through implementing more mental health, uh, substance abuse programs, et cetera, uh, and champion mental health. I think that's yeah. the big thing that we need to do right now. Champion within government, the need to address mental health, uh, state and local level. And Yeah, I mean, it's those are some of the things that. Awesome, cool, good stuff, man. And uh, and where can people find you? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, WhatsApp, Enrique Sanchez. You can look me up, house house rep. That's it. Awesome. And I, and I try to post a lot, and I and I'm trying to work on getting my emailing list as well cool. out there. You know, I, I've sent out one emailing. One email to a bunch of folks, you know, but I'm trying to work on the last two months. It's just been really busy. Really cool. Love it. Well, that was an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for being on, guys. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having and, uh, us. And good luck in the next few weeks and months. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Rody Strength signing off. <laughs>